This is Bihari Das, and you're listening to an introductory overview series on the Bhagavad Gita. You are welcome to join our class every Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. at the Bhakti Lounge at the Hare Krishna Temple in Potomac, Maryland. Our general plan is to cover a chapter a week of the Bhagavad Gita. Thank you for listening. Okay, so welcome everyone. And uh, you guys comfortable? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let me. I'm still working on names. Carl. Yes. Yes, you're here. Okay. And Janardin's here, and Amy's here, and Marisol is online. Yes. Right. And Sheeta is not. Sheeta is not here. Right. Okay. Stephanie's not here. Stephanie's right there. Heather's here. And. Polly. Polly just fixed the printer at the hospital and is headed this way. Oh, really? Okay, there you go. <laughs> and we have, uh, what's your good name? Jay. Jay? Jay? Ajay or Jay? Jay. Jay. Yeah. Jay. Oh, very good, Jay. Nice. Welcome. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from India. Which part? Mumbai. Mumbai. Which part of Mumbai? Uh, so I live in New Mumbai. Oh, Nova Mumbai, yeah. Acha, so, yeah. Mumbai has some nice areas to it. It's a bit traffic is sometimes crazy getting there, but uh, I usually stay in Chopati or Juhu. Oh, you live in old Mumbai. I, I live in yeah. New Mumbai. So yes, that's it's pretty much. Yes. Very good. Nice to meet you. And introduce yourself, Abu. Hare Krishna. I'm DK Gurung. I'm uh, from Nepal. I've been coming to this temple for since 1998. And do you know this young lady here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Ambika. Yeah. Very good. Yes, and they have a very wonderful son as well. Sorry, I didn't notice that the program is at the temple, so we were there waiting and waiting. Uh, no problem. And nobody came. I called on another husband. Where is Prabhuji? In the Bhakti Lounge. Ooh. In the Bhakti Lounge, yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Which> yes. <is laughs> Sorry. And we have uh, Brandon, who still haven't heard from on uh, mute, but is there. And uh, as we said, Marisol's there. Okay. So we, we had a little introduction about introducing the Bhagavad Gita last last. Uh, time we met, and um, I yeah I just got back yesterday morning uh, from a fourteen hour flight from Delhi direct flight, but it was good. I had three seats across that were empty, so I got some. I got some rest. Yeah, Air India, yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm awake, um, and I was uh, I spent um, ten days at Govardhan Hill, which is this most wonderful uh, holy place in Brajdam and Vrindavan area, the hill that Krishna lifted with his left pinky. Um, and we have a beautiful place there. Iskan has a beautiful place there. It's a monastery just for men um, and a very peaceful place right next to the hill. And then about a half an hour walk away, we had a retreat with about 250 devotees from all around the world, everywhere, all over. Well, I think all the continents were covered, and it was run by um, my teacher, Purijan Prabhu, and Sachinandan Swami. Very nice. Um, so I had a really, really wonderful time. And I can send, uh, I sent the notes, uh, I took some notes of some of the discussions. It was all about the holy name, I all saw, about chanting. Saw, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I sent them out to these the people who take the class that I do on Sunday, and I could get I could send it to you, and you could send it out to them or some of them. Did you see them? Okay, very good. Now, we just lost two people. Oh no! Oh, Krishna! Wait a second. I'll leave myself. I'm a, I'm a little afraid of this. So there's another way around this, though. Um, oh, but I wonder if we're going to get feedback. We have Brandon. Uh, I could call in. But the, I only get one bar here. I have AT&T. Mm. Mm. How many bars do you get here? Oh, one, but I never noticed that. Yeah, I, I have, have a very two. small amount here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, they're all back now. Marisol, did, was it Marisol? Yeah. Did, can you hear us still? Yes, I'm here. Okay, did you hear? Did, did, we, did you get lost for a few I... minutes? Or maybe it's mm -hmm. her phone because it sounds like she's picking yeah. up. Yeah, I lost you guys, and I just had to dial back in. Oh, okay. All right. So it's your fault, not my fault. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe because... Anyway, we'll try this. Otherwise, um, next week we may have to relocate to a stronger internet connection. Maybe. We'll see. Because this is a nice setting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was, anyway, it was a very, very wonderful retreat. And I, um, I did something, what we call a namvrat, where you take a vow to chant uh, extra... Um, mantras of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. So it was good because I was, I was with a big crowd, but then I didn't stay with the crowd. I stayed at this mon monastery. So I was all by myself in the mornings and evenings. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really nice, actually, that combination. Mm -hmm. okay. So we're about to start a amazing journey. Um, there's a great teacher in India. His name is Sankaracharya, who's actually part of the impersonal school, but very famous. I'm sure everyone from India has heard of Sankaracharya. And he called um, the Bhagavad Gita a river of nectar emanating from the lotus mouth of Lord Krishna. And uh, I also like to see the look at the Gita like a journey because that's what Krishna is kind of doing. He's taking us on a journey and the conclusion is stated uh, especially strongly in the 18th chapter. So we have to wait for that a little bit. Um, although what, what, our, what my uh, teacher, Srila Prabhupada, has done, and the person who's commented on the, the books that you have in front of you, what Prabhupada has done is um, kind of given the essence of the conclusion throughout so that nobody gets confused about what the conclusion is. Um, so this first chapter is, and by the way, I think as we talked about last week, this is going, I want this to be very informal, and so anytime anyone has a question or a comment, it's not like a lecture, just a lecture um, format. Um, please speak up. I hope you're warm. Um, it's getting warmer here for the heat on now. Yeah. So I hope you're comfortable. Um, and so the first 27 chapters, as we mentioned earlier last week, uh, was um, it's like a mini Mahabharata. The Bhagavad Gita is only 700 verses amongst this huge 100,000 verses in the Mahabharata. And so what's happening in these first 27 chapters, it's kind of setting the scene, 27 verses, it's kind of setting the scene. Um, and for those who are unfamiliar, uh, there's a lot of word, a lot of names there that uh, we would, if you had started from the Mahabharata from the beginning, you would know all these names. Right. 
Dhritarashtra, uh, Duryodhana, Dhristadumna, Vikarna, uh, <coughs> Karna, etc., etc. Um, <clears throat> and then the, from 28, verse 28 until 46, the end of the chapter, we start hearing Arjuna's reasons why he should not fight the battle. Mm -hmm. And what what's, what's, uh, we'll learn as we go through the Gita is that the Gita talks on different levels. So Arjuna is down here someplace. He's talking on the, on the uh, level of, uh, well, Dharma Shastra and Artha Shastra. We'll talk about that later, what those are. But what um, he's giving some really good arguments why he shouldn't fight. They're based on culture. They're, they're, you know, if, if we heard our politicians today talking like Arjuna, we'd like, you know, Zadu, Zadu, we'd be so happy, right? Um, but the Bhagavad Gita isn't just about being good. The Bhagavad Gita is all, ultimately, Krishna's message is about being spiritual. It's about being, uh, transcending good. Not that transcending good means you do bad things, you know. You know, oh, okay, I'm doing this for Krishna, I can do anything for Krishna. You know, no, not, not that. But he's going to um, bring us in the Bhagavad Gita to transcendence. So even though Arjuna is saying all these really good arguments, um, ultimately Krishna is going to shoot them down in the uh, next, well, beginning in the next chapter. He actually um, gives him a little slap on the face figuratively. And he says, he says, Kutastvam Kashma Laminam. How have these impurities come about you? He says in the second chapter. So we can go, we'll go through um, some of the verses and some of the points. And like I said, it's converse, this is conversational. Um, and I didn't bring my book, but I happen to have the Gita on my computer. So just give me a second to get there. And we can begin. Okay, so um, the the, in the and the the homework assignment was to read uh, this chapter. Um, if you haven't done that, uh, understandable, especially those who are here for the first time. The next, by the way, the next homework assignment will be to, to read up to verse thirty nine of the second chapter. We're going to do the second chapter in two parts. Um, there's some. You know, I was I was reading Srila Prabhupada's purports, and I was trying to think. It depending on our level of familiarity, there may be some things here that aren't uh, we're not so familiar with, and and uh, we may have questions about. Um, so, if you have any of those, you know, just just bring them up as we're going through them. So, Dhritarashtra is, begins, and it's a very famous verse: Dharma Shetra. Kurukshetra, Raju, uh, not Rajakunasamutva, wrong verse. Tanashetra, Kurukshetra, Samaveta Yudhitsavaha. Mamaka, Pandavas Chaiva. And he's, so he's, he's, um, he wants to know what's going to go on. Dhritarashtra is blind, so he can't see, he can't see the battlefield. Sanjaya, his, his uh, long-time um, servant, minister, confidant, um, has gotten this benediction that he can see the battlefield's huge, right? And he can see everything that's uh, going on on the battlefield, almost like if there was um, CCTV mm. all over the place in a big screen, <laughs> you know, mm. like a, like a security guard might have, right? So that's kind of what he had, but uh, it was through mystic power. 
And so he's relating to Dhritarashtra everything that's happening. So it begins with Dhritarashtra asking Sanjaya what happened. And he in this verse, when he says, Mamaka Pandavas Chaiva, he says, what did my, ki- my kids do? His children were all fighting. And the Pandavas, even though they're all Kurus, they're all from the same family, his brother, Pandu, um, these five brothers, the Pandavas, who Arjuna is one of them, were fighting against his son. So he, he makes a separation. Um, and, hey, you want to move over so we can make some room? No, you can just move over here. Here's some room for you. Welcome. I heard you fixed the printer. Is that right? Fax printer. They still have fax machines? <laughs> um, so, he's revealing something about himself, Dhritarashtra, but it's actually revealing something about all of us. Right? Because he's looking out for number... First of all, we generally we look out for number one. Right? You know, we look out for ourselves. And sometimes that expands. Right? Our family. Our, um, um, what else? Our religion, our our uh, our country, right? Like uh, the, our present president, USA first, right? Mm-hmm. right that, that kind of thing. So, um, looking out for ourselves can be can be expanded. Um, whereas ultimately, as aspiring devotees of Krishna, we're trying to look out not even for all of humanity but for all living entities, right? Because if you did nice to the humans, but you kill all the animals, you know, so we try to really broaden our perspective from not just ourselves, you know, or our family, or, you know, whatever, our favorite sports team, or, or you know, our country, right? Because, I mean, look what happens in the world when we when about our country, right? Or our religion sometimes, right? Um, so he's so Dhritarashtra it's, it's interesting his, his mentality uh, you know everything happens in the Bhagavad Gita for a reason so he's kind of revealing a little bit of us in, um, in this first verse right. um, <clears throat> any thoughts on that? any questions, comments? So the verse goes, Dhritarashtra said, O Sanjaya, after my sons and the sons of Pandu assembled in the place of pilgrimage at Kurukshetra, desiring to fight, what did they do? <clears throat> the so, next, go ahead. So how did he get the mystic power? He got it from his spiritual His master, spiritual master is Vyas. Vyas. Yeah, he, usually you get, um, you get bless, you know, you get blessings, um, and sometimes in, you know powers and things by pleasing someone, mm. you know, uh, even even um, like in India, even the tradition is that even if you're math teacher, now of course it's changing, you know, but you would you would you know try to you touch the feet of the math teacher, you know, you're in America, right? The idea in the old days you bring them an apple. <laughs> right, you know, when there's 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 a relationship between teacher and student, and the more that the student is eager, the more the teacher can actually give. Mm-hmm. Right, if the student's spacing out, looking out the window, whatever, but if the teacher sees that, just like you know, um, our friend uh, Radhika Raman Prabhu, so he um, 
he was homeschooled, so he, of course his teacher really liked him. It was his mother. <laughs> but then he went to um, uh, university at the age of 14. And his teachers just just loved him because he just was like a sponge. He just absorbed it. So, so then he, he then he got a, he got admitted to Oxford at seventeen, and he got a PhD by twenty one. But all the time, his teachers were just not you know. He, of course, he was a devotee as well, but they just were so amazed at this person, you know. And they just like gave him so much affection, and you know, so so, you know, that's so in in, in ancient times also, a great powerful spiritual person like Vyasadeva who was an incarnation of Krishna could also bestow um, other powers but a devotee we're not so concerned with powers as much as we are trying to get bhakti trying to get devotion yeah um, so is the bhakti also something that the teacher gives yeah 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 that's how it happens you you get bhakti ultimately. Um, well, one of the best ways to get bhakti is to associate with one someone who has it, because Krishna consciousness is caught as much as it's taught. Mm. You know, you watch somebody actually practicing, and 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 their bhav bhav in Sanskrit means like mood, right? The, um, you know, so you bhava, um, and you pick up on that mm. just by you know association. Yeah. Anything else? Okay. Um, yeah, so it says in the purport, so Sanjaya was a student of Vyas, and therefore by the mercy of Vyas, Sanjaya was able to envision, uh-oh, did we lose people? Oh, no. This is scary. Because um, it says it's joining me that means this recording is not working also luckily we have a backup and this should be working uh, hey guys uh how, how much did you miss oh you're muted oh i'm muted oops how much did you guys miss no she's not are they talking? Oh, no, they, it's just the internet. Can I, we're going to have to figure something out for next week mm -hmm. if we move. Because I, I guess... Are you in the guest or the... Resident? No, I'm in the resident. Um, we'll have to figure that out. Do you have better in the... Temple? Yeah, it might be. Where Do you know where the uh, Wi-Fi is? Oh, it's actually in the um, in the back of the uh, cultural hall, I think. I'm not sure. Not Maybe sure we can meet there tomorrow, next week. Anyway, luckily, this is going on, but it's sad because these people can't here um then you have two bars i have two bars should we do you mind us oh, trying your i have one I so have the call-in number does anyone have it easily available otherwise i can get it and we may have to call marisol because you might give up soon you want me to, you want me to call marisol from my phone um well then we don't have brandon but um and anyone else who may want to join later. So, what, you, if you, you have her number? No, oh, okay. You want me to get back? I mean, you want me to call her? Uh, just call her, tell her that we're going to get back on in a minute. My internet connection. Well, <laughs> well, you know, it always takes a little while to get the, get the glitches. I have the number, too. 
Oh, oh really? Yeah, I'm on AT and C. Then I have Verizon, and it's. T-Mobile, I think, is the best one. Here. I have T-Mobile, but it's, it's not. Worse. Yeah, it's, it's worse. worse. Yeah, it's worse. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, because uh, I mean, let's. Uh, we have every carrier in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just this corner. I got Sprint. Let's see how this works. You're the winner. Welcome to Zoom. Yeah. Printing your meeting ID followed by the pound or hash line. Got bars like halfway there, so maybe like two, 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 three, maybe. Mm -hmm. Good. Hold on. This might work. Takes a minute. Enter your participant ID followed by pound. Otherwise, just press pound to continue. <coughs> okay. Hello? It should show up that I'm on, that's the thing. You are in the Zoom meeting now. There are two participants oh, in the meeting. This oh. meeting is being recorded. Hello? Okay. Um. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Um, I'm on mute, so I should be okay. Can you guys hear me now? Hi there. Okay, no, 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 I got it. You are muted. You can mute or unmute yourself by pressing star six. Okay, so I'm going to end the recording. Just okay. So. <laughs> 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 okay. It's in slow motion, too. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right, now that should do it. Uh, Marisol, can you hear me now? Okay, great. All right. I think we're okay for, I have one bar, but uh, we're just hoping that um, that one bar doesn't go to another bar. No worries. All right. All right. We're back on track. Hopping bars. Yes. Hopping bars. Yeah. So, Sanjaya said, O king, after looking over the army arranged in military formation by the sons of Pandu, King Duryodhana went to his teacher and spoke the following words. Um, and here in the purport, Prabhupada talks about the, that uh, Dhritarashtra was concerned that the Dharma Shetra, the religious place, was going, because he knew his, his kids weren't so spiritual. <laughs> they knew the Pandavas were. So he was afraid that it was going to have a, uh, in effect, and, and, and it's uh, having just come from a holy place, I can say holy places are very powerful. They really have an effect. Uh, although the, 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 there's also an important verse that says that you don't go to a holy place just to take bath in the sacred river. The real purpose is to meet the holy people mm. in the holy place. So by, uh, So we've been able to make this property a holy place. 
the deities are there of Krishna. And Prabhupada is there in his teachings. And there's saintly people. So um, you can transform any place into a holy place. But still, the holy places like Vrindavan is where Krishna performed his pastimes. It has a very powerful effect. And Kurukshetra uh, has, has been a holy place for eons. And, um, even before the, the Bhagavad Gita was spoken there. And anyone here been to Kurukshetra? Yeah, yeah. It's a nice place. Yeah. And there's a nice uh, Murti there, a statue. A uh, statue of Murti is like a, uh, yeah, a uh, of Bhishma Dev on the uh, bed of arrows. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. And now we're building actually a very big temple um, there in Kurukshetra. So he was right that holy places have an effect. <laughs> they have an effect. You know, and you, you see if... Uh, um, pe- people, when they come here, sometimes I feel, wow, this is different than uh, Potomac Village, or, <laughs> or, or, or you know. Um, <clears throat> so, so he was right to have a concern. So he's going to his teacher. Um, uh, Duryodhana is going to his teacher, Dronacharya. And there's a whole history behind that, which uh, maybe we won't cover now. And he says, my dear teacher, behold the great army of the sons of Pandu, so expertly arranged by your intelligent disciple, the son of Drupada. Um, I won't get into a whole, all the details here, but Duryodhana is showing uh, something that's called Rajniti, which um, um, we usually translate as diplomacy, diplomacy of the king. So he's actually choosing his words very carefully because his teacher, Drona, had an ongoing conflict with Drupada. So he doesn't say uh, that this was arranged by Drishtadumna, who's Drupada's son. He says, no, the son of Drupada. Just to kind of incite Dronacharya <laughs> to get fired up. So in many places, he's actually using this Rajniti. Um, there's so many subtleties in the, in the Gita. Here in this army are many heroic uh, bowmen equal in fighting to Bhima and Arjuna. Those are they're the Pandavas. They're on the other side. Uh, great fighters like Yudhana, Virata, and Drupada. So he's saying these are all the people on the other side, actually. Right? There are also the great heroic, powerful fighters like Justiketu, Chaketana, Kashiraj, Purujet, Kuntiboja, and Salvya. Hmm. There are the mighty Yudhamanu, the very powerful Utamaju. Utumauja, the son of Subhadra and the sons of Draupadi. All these warriors are great chariot fighters. So then he starts getting a little worried that if I, well, if I keep on saying how great that, that, that you know, they might uh, get a little scared. So let me tell you about our people. But for your information, O best of the Brahmanas, let, that's uh, a name for Drona. He was actually a Brahmin who was teaching Kshatriyas, teaching warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell you about the captains who are especially qualified to lead my military force. So here's another, just to give you a quick example, another Rajniti. Um, he's saying, who should I say first, Drona or Bhishma? Hmm, because Bhishma is also this great warrior. And, you know, whoever you say first gets a little... So he, he said he chose Drona first because Drona is a Brahmin, so a Chatriya, a warrior... Bhishma won't be so upset with him following the etiquette of mentioning a Brahmin at first, but he would have done the other way around. Then Drona would like 
hey, what's what is going, you know, <laughs> what's going on here? Right. Uh, then there's Karna. There's an old amazing story about Karna, Kripa, Ashvatama, and he becomes an anti-hero later on. Um, uh, Vikarna, interesting person. He's not a very important person, but he's mentioned here again. Rajniti, because he was going to, he was considering defecting to the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the son of Somadatta called Burishrava, uh, who is always victorious in battle. Um, there are many other heroes who are prepared to lay down their lives for my sake. All of them are well equipped with different kinds of weapons, and all are experienced in military science. Our strength is immeasurable, and we are perfectly protected by Grandfather Bhishma, whereas the strength of the Pandavas, carefully protected by Bhima, is limited. So he's trying to fire up the troops, so to speak. Um, And then verse 11... Uh, All of you must now give full support to Grandfather Bhishma as you stand at your respective strategic points of entrance into the phalanx of the army. Phalanx, um, uh, what's the Sanskrit for? Um, What are they called? Phalanx is this English word, right? So, anyway, the... um, they, they would arrange, um, I mean, not, that's not too different than than Western fights, you know, that they would arrange, uh, have different ways of arranging the armies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. The view? Is that you view, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's different, yes, very good. Right, just like, you know, and all the strategy involved in that, just like, the you know, the invasion of Normandy was whole... Yeah, you know, location. Of the yeah, whole location, and, yeah. and the other place uh, in France where they put the other name on the, the other beach. Uh, yeah, and then they tried to trick them, thinking that they, you know, so there's, it's, uh, but it was very, there was very standard kind of um, telexes that were uh, used in, in these battles, um, and here it's mentioned in the purport um, that. Uh, about Dropadi. So Dropadi was the. Uh, who's Dropadi? Anyone know who she married to? Oh, yeah, the fun, yes, that's a whole other story. <laughs> There's all kinds of stories, yes, you know. It, yes, so if anyone here says, well, do you guys believe in polygamy? No, we did the opposite. You know? <laughs> One moment, five uh, But. Um, Anyway, to make a long story short, she was the 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 people the, the Kauravas. One of the reasons that this whole battle took place is they tried to disrespect her um, by disrobing her, and she called out to Krishna, "Hey Govinda," and she called out like this with one hand, and nothing happened. But then finally, she realized there's nothing she can do. There's all these. You know, just like right, right, everything in the papers these days, the last two weeks, right, about mm-hmm. sexual harassment, right, and about men who are usually generally stronger than women, you know, taking advantage and doing all kinds of stupid things, everything from 
uh, the president to Al Franken to Weinstein, to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Every day there's somebody Every else. day there's a yeah. new one. Yeah. Like so, um, so these people were huge military people, and they were trying to... So when she put up both of her hands, fully surrendered to Krishna, Krishna supplied her unlimited sari, and they were unsuccessful in, uh, in disrobing her. Um, but some people stood by and didn't do anything. And Bhishma was one of them, which was, you know, it's, these are, Bhishma was a great, great devotee. So sometimes um, Krishna will use his devotees and act in a way that seems a little, you know, just to teach a lesson. So it is a lesson even in, for modern day, um, just moral living, that, you know, what do they say? If you see something, say something. Mm -hmm. Right? And there was that, you know, so if you see somebody being mistreated, uh, in whatever way, or you know, in a dangerous situation, it's it's uh, we have some moral duty to uh, bring that to the attentions of power that be. And since these uh, people didn't do that, then Duryodhana was convinced they're going to stay on my side because they didn't speak up. Mm. And I, when we did all those terrible things before, why, why should we, you know, change now? And and now this is in. in Interesting. Um, and one of the reasons that's given why they didn't um, speak up, and that is because I'm getting all my D's mixed up now. Duryodhana and Vikrastra, they had fed them, and uh, in, in in the Vedic idea, in the Vedic idea of food, you actually cook your, you know, the consciousness that a cook is in affects the meal you know, on a subtle level right therefore you know we try as much as we can to not eat food that's cooked by those who are not devotional so when so and even as as aspiring devotees when we cook right we don't do the normal thing <laughs> you, know, you know it doesn't need salt right no you know and it's amazing how good devotees are at cooking since they don't test anything before they offer it to Krishna. And still it comes out so well. You know, it's amazing. So so we try to cook in a devotional mood and then offer that food to Krishna in a devotional mood. And then it becomes this word prasadam, which literally means mercy. Right? Um, so obviously uh, all my Ds, Duryodhana and Dhritarashtra, their cooks weren't in that consciousness and then Bhishma ate that food and it contaminated. Um, I wasn't under the understanding of that Bhishma was obliged to to be on that side because they had taken care of him and were providing the whole right. house yeah. and home. But that's a little bit of a different kind of concept or, or thought that because of the influence of the food that he ate that he might have been influenced differently. Well, they might go together because if you're staying, if you're being maintained by somebody, they're feeding you. Right. <laughs> so he was obliged to take care of the horn who was sitting there, right? Take care of the, the king and the, the kingdom. Right. Because he, that's what, what he gave his father. Right. Whoever will be the king, I'll take care of it. So he feels regret later on that. So there's, yeah, so there's often multiple yeah, reasons. Right. And then there's the whole thing about Bhishma was never married. Mm. And why did that happen? And that's, uh, that's another story. We can tell stories all day <laughs> <It's> <laughs> from like, the Mahabharata. So it's like the whole idea of like conflict of interest. 
Not yes, like, that's right. You know, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the important aspects was because uh, this thing happened because Pandora lost the game. Yes, they lost the gambling, so that's right. Because this losing part yeah. was a big factor there. They lost Draupadi. Exactly. Yeah. So now, that's why Vishma, by at that time, <coughs> That's another reason, right? Yeah. Very good. Yeah, he said, well, you know, they lost. What can you do? No? Exactly. So, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, um, so I'm trying to think of an example. But, you know, I'm trying to think of a time a policeman might say, well, listen, guy, you know, you asked for it. <laughs> but it's not coming to mind a good example of that right now. There's, yeah, so there's different purposes. But I think, anyway, this thing, this instruction about uh, food is, you know, something that we can also apply in, in our own lives. So what I try to do, I don't, I do a lot of traveling myself um, for work. And so what I often do um, is I carry a rice cooker with me. And... Um, and so I go to the hotel, and I try to get a hotel that has, we've been talking about this, mm-hmm. that has a fridge and a place where you can prepare things, and then I just cook for myself. I Easy. I just put some rice um, and some olive oil or rags, you know, and um, go to the local store and get some kale and broccoli and eat simply, but then I don't have to go to a restaurant or something like that. I do the same thing. Oh, do you? Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just... I can't be bothered when they. Yeah, <laughs> so it's also fi- much healthier. I'm trying to find like a, a good restaurant, and you just don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't think uh, Bishma had a rice cooker. Let's just rice cooker. That's why he wasn't married. <laughs> <laughs> Good rise himself, I guess. Yes, right. <laughs> Verse 12. Um, that then Bijma, the great valiant grandsire of the Kuru dynasty, or in England they say dynasty, and the grandfather of the fighters blew his conch shell very loudly, making a sound like the roar of a lion, giving Duryodhana joy. And in the purport, Prabhupada talks about symbolism and inner meaning. So just again, reinforcing that point that there's so many different levels and things that are going on in the Gita. We could talk about these introductory verses for weeks, but we said we we're going to do 20 lessons, right, and cover the whole Gita. So it's a bit of an overview, but um, it says, uh, Indirectly, by the symbolism of the Kanchal, he informed his depressed grandson Duryodhana that he had no chance of victory in the battle because the Supreme Lord was on the other side. Because the, because the Kanchal is one of the symbols of Vishnu. Right. So it yeah, had that symbolism. Yeah. But he but he did his duty. Bhishma's duty was to do it. After that the Kanchal's drums, yes. So how is it that I had a question mark from two years ago. Two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so that question I can ask. Yeah now. sure. Yeah. So how is it that Ever fresh. you know he's um, sounds like a roar of a lion and he's giving joy to Duryodhana right. as as his duty being Right. How is it that indirectly he's telling the opposite, actually? You're going to lose this, my boy. Um, that's a, let's see. Intra, yeah, well, um, I don't know in, in what this usually means when Prabhupada will say something like this in a purport, because he um, studies 
other what they're called tikas or, or commentaries by other previous great teachers, especially if you look at the um, the dedication in the book. It's dedicated to Baladev Vidyabhusana, and he uh, was an f- amazing commentator from about 450 years ago. Um, and also Vishwanath Chankarati Thakur was another great teacher in our line. And his, his own guru, Bhakti Siddhanta, wrote a commentary on the Gita as well. So I don't know, but um, I think I'm trying to think in my in my in 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 practical terms. Can we sometimes like externally think something's really good, but in deep down in our heart we know it's not going to work. <laughs> you know, it's like even you know even if you jump out the window, right? You go up for a few seconds before you go down. You know? um, so I wonder if it's something, something like that, that deep inside, you know, yeah. But it did get, yeah, you know, he was trying to um, do his duty. Right. That's the best I can. After that, the conch drums, bugles, trumpets, and horns were all suddenly sounded, and the combined sound was tumultuous. You can imagine this mm. big. I mean, even um, in, uh, I'm trying to think of how long ago it would have been, but certainly in like medieval times, there was there was a whole uh, music thing uh, combined with with battle, mm. right, with yeah. horns and things like that. Yeah. Mm. Now it's you know it's jets swooping by or whatever. Mm. Well, even Bombs. like in the civil war and stuff, wouldn't they like play the drums? Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's would make the sound to intimidate the enemy. Yep. So the same point here. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing here. Fighting, they're fighting, but when they're not fighting, they're like being super cordial. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's yes. That's mentioned uh, that in the evenings after the war was over, they, they you know, they, you know, share a uh, not a beer, but uh, you know. <laughs> it makes me think of like how many times in our lives, like we some, you know, sometimes that type of thing happens. Like maybe you are not in, you know, like, for example, at work, you're not in, you probably don't necessarily like someone very much, but you still have to be cordial with them. Mm. And, you know, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a real-life example of where, where, that's a, where that applies. Well, um, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's symbolism, but it, it has some sort of mm. meaning even. Right, we're always told at work that you don't have to like the person, but you have to be professional. professional exactly. Right? Be professional. <laughs> yeah. And I think they were being professional. <laughs> yeah. But this, yeah. Oh no. Yeah, this. I think went even a little beyond. It's just like in an in an organization like in ISKCON, we should. It's okay to have good arguments. You know, it's nice that you know debate is, um, is good. It's healthy. If you don't have disagreements and debate, that that usually means that the only organizations that don't have that are organizations that are dead, mm-hmm. and companies that have closed. Kodak probably had. Uh, Probably doesn't have too many arguments these days. <laughs> Finished. No. Um, but the, but the trick is amongst in a sangha of devotees is you know have a good good healthy disagreement and then go chant together or have take dinner together and you know change the subject and be friends. That's uh, yeah. but maybe a little bit like that at work you know but I think this was even there was even some affection sometimes yeah. showing. That's true. You know, at night, but then the next day, 
Ja, fejl i engelsk. Duty. Ja. On the other side, both Lord Krishna and Arjuna, stationed on a great chariot drawn by white horses, sounded there, and this is the word is divya, um, uh, transcendental conch shells. And Prabhupada writes, victory is always with persons like the sons of Pandu because Lord Krishna is associated with them. And whenever and wherever the Lord is present, the goddess of fortune is also there because the goddess of fortune never leaves, uh, lives alone without her husband. So I don't know if we all know the goddess of fortune. That's named for Lakshmi. And Lakshmi is always serving Narayan. Now, um, ultimate victory. Maybe that maybe that would have been helpful to have that word ultimate there because it's. I remember when I first uh, became a devotee of Krishna. I guess it was 1976, and I had this very. I was very young. I was 16 or 17, I guess, and I had this very uh, naive idea that oh, if you become a devotee, then you know lights always turn green, and you know <laughs> your life just becomes. <laughs> There's no more problems, and, and everything is just shanti, shanti. Um, but that's not, I, I think we've all had the experience that that's the case, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. There was a song in the 60s, I think, that uh, it started by, I beg your pardon, I never promised you a rose garden. <laughs> so it's a country song, I think. Um, so Krishna actually doesn't promise us a rose garden in the Gita. We're going to find that out later on. He says things like Dukalayam Ashashvitam. He says that it's a place of misery because birth, death, disease, and old age. And, and, and especially because everything's temporary. Right? So, um, so that ultimate, so it doesn't mean that you become a devotee and, you know, um, uh, if, you know, if you're a tennis player, that means you're going to win uh, Wimbledon or something. Because <laughs> it says here, victory is uh, with always. You know. But ultimate victory is is there. Um, you know, and much better than like the little victories of this world. You know, you know, making enough money to buy a Lexus or whatever. Um, is that when? And we'll talk about this, of course, over the next twenty lessons. Um, when we surrender to Krishna, we feel his presence in our life. We feel his shelter. And one of the coolest things, I don't know how many of you heard uh, my wife's lecture last week on, the Sunday, on Sunday, but you become fearless. Mm. That doesn't mean you run into the street, you know. <laughs> but you, you, know, you, you, um, you know that you're eternal and you're a soul and you're not this body. Um, and that you have this relationship with Krishna. And so, what you know everything else kind of takes on a different perspective mm. in that sense. Yeah. This morning I was also in the class. So mm. like of oh, there was talk about fear well, it's like the knowledge of knowledge of the eternal souls yeah. of sense of security. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, text 15. Lord Krishna blew his conch shell called and all their conch shells had names. Mm. The Panchajanya. <laughs> Arjuna blew his the Devadatta. And Bhishma, the voracious eater. Fifteen. Yeah, yeah, Shanka, yeah. Uh, the voracious eater, Bhishma could really, Bhima could really eat. 
So he, that's his description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When <laughs> when their mother made a meal, they would have uh, they'd she divided in two. One was for her four other sons, and one was for Bima. <laughs> <laughs> and performing a few clarion tasks, blew his terrific conch shell called the Poundra. So one time, Sri uh, Prabhupada was asked about, well, you know, because <laughs> especially when devotees were in their twenties, they just like they. You know, it was the only enjoyment, you know, you can't, no illicit sex, no intoxication, no gambling, you know, right? All these things. So, meals were, you know, and he said, he said, you can eat like an elephant as long as you work like an elephant afterwards. <laughs> Not that you eat like an elephant. You... <laughs> so, um, um, let's, how are we doing time-wise? What, three? Okay, it's not a specific question, but uh, Janard and I were reading the Bhagavad And this, this purport, we had to read like the first few sentences more than once. Let's go over the first few sentences yeah. then. Man, just checking. Marisol, can you hear us? How are you doing with uh, the report? With yes, a... I can hear you. Oh, great. I'm really happy. Good. And we haven't lost connection and all that sort of stuff? No, Great. Okay. All right. So let's go over this purport a little bit because it's 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 very deep and important philosophical point. So Lord Krishna was referred to as Rishikesh in this verse because he is the owner of all senses. So we have senses, right? What are some of our senses? Now those are the sense objects. Oh. Yeah, they're the ob. They're, so sight is the object. Of the eye, so the eye is a sense. Yeah, yeah, okay. So eyes, you know, yeah, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's actually ten, because there's 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 called uh, ganindriya and karmindriya. The ganindriya are the ones that take it, not gan. Gan means knowledge. Is somebody here? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what I'm here for. Oh, somebody. We're having a class on the Gita. Would you like to join us? Yes, of course. Um, we'll have to get some... Uh... Okay. But we need one for the young man behind you. Oh, okay. Yes, we want to get a couple of books. And I'm not able you studying what in school? About Indian culture. Really? Where do you go to school? You Harvard or Yale? Or? Oh, in high school. Oh, it's in high school. I thought it was college. <laughs> Westfield is where? It's in Virginia or in Maryland? It's in Virginia. Oh, okay. Very good. Okay, so we're just going through the Gita and we're on verse of chapter 1, verse 15. So, um, so this is a really important philosophical point. So we have senses, right? Obviously. God has senses also. You said we had ten senses? Oh yes, uh, so karma, ganindriya are the five senses that take in knowledge. The eyes, the nose, the ears, um, the tongue, and um, skipping one. Skin. Yeah, the skin, right. 
And then the karmendriya are the working legs, arms, uh, genitals, anus, and I'm forgetting which one again. Yeah. So there's ten altogether. Ganendriya. <laughs> karmendriya. Okay. <laughs> And the mind is also one of the... Well, the mind is sometimes called, yeah, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the 15th chapter of the Gita, we're going to hear about how the mind is uh, added. And then also in the 7th chapter, Krishna is going to... Another way of looking at things, is, well, other things is that earth, water, fire, air... Ether mm-hmm. are the gross elements, and then mind, intelligence, and ahankara means false ego, are the subtle elements. Okay. Um, so, but this idea that so the idea is that you see if you're a person, the definition of person is one who has senses, or it's a definition. Mm-hmm. So God is a person. And his senses aren't like you know ours. You know they're obviously they're perfect and they're, you know um, and, and all of that. But and therefore, Krishna has feelings also, and that's why you know we're practicing bhakti to express our our love. So here, the owner of the senses just in the sense means that you know all of us ultimately come from God, right? Because he supply. You know, it's just like uh, you know that joke where. A guy comes along and says, well, you know, uh, goes up to God and says, well, you know, I can do anything you can do. You know, what do I need you for? And God says, well, okay, you know, if that's what you, if that's, if that, if that's what you want to do, well, let's, let's have a little, let's see, uh, you prove it, you know. He says, okay, so they're at the beach and they say, well, um, okay, we'll, we'll both see who can make a better sandcastle. Right, so ready, begin. And the guy runs, starts making the sandcastle, and God says, no, 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 no. Can't use that sand. I created that sand. You go make your own. (laughs) So, uh, so the living entities are parts and parcel of him. Now that's a whole nother. My God, there's so much philosophy. Part and parcel is very interesting, right? Parcel means, in this sense, uh, means one, and part means different. So the, the teach the ultimate teachings of the Gita, and this is getting a little heavy philosophically, is achintya beda beda tattva, which means inconceivable. Achintya means inconceivable, simultaneously one and different. So we are one with God in quality, but very different in quantity. We're like a drop of water compared to the Atlantic Ocean, mm-hmm. right? So we're very, you know, so we don't, you know, somebody says, I'm God. You look at him like, are you nuts? You know, okay, well, could you just create a planet or just one, uh, you don't have to do a whole universe, just one planet, you know, just a city, you know, something, you know. Uh, you know, it's, so we're, so, so the living entities are part and parcel of God. We're one in, and, and, and the oneness that we want is a oneness of interest. We want to make our interest on our that's devotional, but not that we want to merge into God. There's, there's a great uh, teacher in India called um, was it Madhvacharya Ramanujan Madhvacharya, who the pictures of him like this, and that 
not peace, he wasn't making a peace sign. You know, he wasn't doing the uh, uh, Richard Nixon thing. You know, no, it's, this it too just meant the God and the living entity and the relationship. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't that be the peace sign? God and the living entity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes they're, but usually they're at war. <laughs> You said the oneness that we want is the oneness of interest. Do you mean that our interest would be the same? Same as yes, 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 yeah, yeah. But usually, yes. What I meant by we're at war, there was a, again, I don't know if you know this. There's a group <clears throat> called the Oak Ridge Boys. They're a music group. Uh, um, They're popular in the '70s and '80s. And so they have this one song that goes, um, and I don't know if you know about. In, in, if, if you're in a rock band, there's a um, there's one instrument called rhythm guitar. Which is not very fancy. You just basically strum it, and every night, it's not like a Jimi Hendrix or Eric Clapton. It's a, it's it's very simple stuff. You just have to change a few fingers now and then, and just <laughs> so. Uh, I mean, you know, it helps the the sound. But anyway, the song goes: nobody wants to play rhythm guitar behind Jesus. Oh, I know. Everyone wants to be the lead singer in the band. So that's, I thought that was a really good philosophical <laughs> point. We all want to be number one, you know. And then the rest is, it's hard to get a grasp on what's divine when everyone's pushing for the head of the line. <laughs> so we don't, so a devotee is trying to become, you know, a servant of God, you know. Uh, and... Uh, it's hard because even that word, like in India, right? The word servant, not considered very prestigious. Mm -hmm. It's usually those people that's you know that's live in your house and live in the servants' quarters and cook for you. And I, when I was in China, servants' quarters are these little nothings of a little place where a person stays as a servant. But we, so when we tell people in India, we yeah we want to become servants of God. <laughs> you know. Although it's interesting um, that Srila Prabhupada talks about how the servant enjoys almost on the level of the master. You know? And I noticed that because I was once, I was doing a, I was writing a paper. Uh, um, in, in, I was in India, I was in Delhi. And I was in a place called Nunlok, which is a very well-to-do uh, um, uh, colony. Um, I don't know if anyone knows Delhi, but near South X. So I was there, and I and so the the people who own the house they had they go out to work, and I was staying there. I was using their house to write, and so I was with the servants all day, and they were like you know watch, kicking up their feet, watching television, <laughs> cooking for themselves, and having a blast, you know. <laughs> and then when the people came, home, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> like that. so uh, so you know, servant not a bad job. Uh, okay, so the living entities are part and parcel of him. And therefore, the senses of the living entities are part and parcel of his senses. So, uh, so the, the, the whole verse goes, Rishikena, Rishikesha, Sevanam Bhakti Uchate, that we should use our senses in the service of the origin of the senses. And then we become happy. It's like a fish out of water. You know, you, you, you take a fish out of water, you can give them, you know, uh, a Mercedes and you know uh, you know the best food in the world and this and that the only thing they want is to go back in the water mm -hmm. right so ultimately although we don't know it 
because we're so covered by we're like fish out of water you know mm-hmm. until we re, re, rekindle our relationship with the Lord the impersonalists cannot account for the senses of the living entities and therefore they are always anxious to describe all living entities as senseless or impersonal so if you don't think God has senses then you don't have this personal idea that leads to impersonalism and we'll talk we'll talk a lot about impersonalism personalism over the course of this uh, can we move on mm-hmm. okay so we are on 16 to 18 and so we're still um, talking about the kind of mini Mahabharat I call it and here's a whole bunch of names that if you're not familiar with the Mahabharat don't worry about it King Yudhisthira, the son of Kunti, blew his conch the Ananta Vijaya, and Nakula and Sahadev blew the Sugosh and Manipushpaka. The great archer, the king of Kasi, the great fighter Sikandi, Dhritsadumna, Virata, and the uncomparable Satyaki, Drupada, the son of Draupadi, and uh, the sons of Draupadi, and the others, O king, such as the mighty armed son of Subhadra, all blew their respective conchos. The blowing of these different conch shells became uproarious, vibrating both in the sky and on earth. It <coughs> shattered the hearts of the sons of Dhritarashtra. And in the end, Purport, Srila Prabhupada writes that this is due to the Pandavas and their confidence in Lord Krishna. One who takes shelter of the Supreme Lord has nothing to fear, even in the midst of the greatest calamity. Mm. And Prabhupada talked about how he lived in Calcutta during World War Well, he was, I guess he was alive also World War One, because he was born in 19, 1896, but he was talking about World War Two, And they would have air raids there. Um, they, they were being bombed sometimes. And uh, he said he was, you know, he had his beads and he was chanting and he just said, Rake Krishna Marike, Mari Krishna Rakike. If Krishna wants to kill you, no one can save you. If Krishna wants to save you, no one can kill you. <laughs> you know, and... Uh, because you know, they would they would black out the whole city, right? So the bombers couldn't exactly see where to. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as as heavy as the bombing of London, but it was it did happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even in the greatest, so the, again, this this whole thing of when you have you have nothing to fear, and that was uh, the name that um, Prabhupada's father gave him, Bhai Charan. When Bhai means fearless, and Charan means feet, so. At whose feet one becomes fearless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were talking about war, like how it used to be. We used to have, like, in Kurukshetra, there wasn't any civilians. Yeah, there wasn't civilians. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Mm. Right. It was. It, um, it's interesting. So Srila Prabhupada comes to America in 1965. So here's your uh, history lesson. Uh, <laughs> so 1965, which war was going on? Vietnam, right? And so he's talking about the Bhagavad Gita, right? And Krishna, we're going to talk all about this for the next few weeks, but Krishna's telling Arjuna to fight, basically. Of course, that's, there's a whole reason behind that we'll we'll discuss. And, you know, he's he's speaking this to these kids who are, you know, going to be drafted into the army. And it was, and it was, it was just awful because these were Khatriyas, these were warriors who wanted to fight. And there's a whole reason behind that that you go to heaven if you anyway, if you die on the battlefield for et cetera, et cetera. But 
Um, but the but Prabhupada thought that you know he saw these young people, and just awful that they didn't want to fight. They were being drafted. They wanted to be students or whatever, or smoke dope or whatever. But you know, that's what they wanted to. You know, just like that uh, that uh, song in the sixties. You know, so put down your books and pick up a gun. We're gonna have a whole lot of fun. <laughs> it was a it was a war protest song. No, it was a war protest song. It, you know, but it was sarcastic. You know, one, two, three. What are we fighting for? Don't ask me. I don't give a damn. Next stop is Vietnam. <laughs> That's five, six, seven. Open them pearly gates. Ain't no cause to wonder why Whoopi, we're all gonna die. You're not, you know, it was a, it was a protest song, but uh, you know, these, it was, it was not. It was just sending people didn't want to fight to a war, and they had no understanding of why we were. You know, it wasn't like even, you know, some place in Vietnam or you know, some idea of stopping communism. Of course, we lost the war. We America lost the war. But anyway, but that's a very good point that uh, battles, and that's what, you know, the Kurukshetra, if you see even that, you know, today, to some extent, the field where the battle took place was away from civilians. Mm. Yeah, and what happens now is just it's very awful. Yeah, it's, yeah, you know, it, I mean, it, yeah, mm. it's terrible. They even use the civilians as a shield. And stuff. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's awful. Mm. And war, you know, it may look good in movies and things like that. It's actually very, it's very hellish. Especially modern day war. Yeah. They were testing in, in the south of Quantico, and they were testing uh, uh, bombs, which is not artillery. Artillery sounds much nicer. Yes, the bombs, yeah. And people I work for did not have 6,000 square foot house, and the house just shaped like that. Really? But to speak of napalm and Agent Orange and all this, mm-hmm. several things that... You know, maybe it falls on your family or something, people yeah. you love. Yeah, it's just something. Well, now it's more of an internet war, shut down our internet, and then not just like... Internet wars are pretty bad. Also, internet is, <laughs> is a great, uh, one of the great agents of Kali. Mm. You know, get us addicted to it and then shut it off. I know, I know this sounds totally sacrilegious, but I don't use Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> At that time, Arjuna, the son of Pandu, seated in a chariot bearing the flag marked with Hanuman, took up his bow and prepared to shoot his arrows. O king, after looking at the sons of Dhritarashtra drawn in military array, Arjuna then spoke to Lord Krishna these words. Um, we could get into a whole beautiful discussion about how Hanuman ended up on the flag, but we'll have to do that another time, at least sake of timing here. Arjuna said, O infallible one, please draw my chariot between the two armies so that I may see those present here who desire to fight and with whom I must contend in this great trial of arms. So what's really significant here is that God, Krishna, is playing the role, the first time we, this is the first time we see Krishna, right? 
What's he doing? He's serving a devotee. He's God, and he's serving a devotee. He's driving his chariot. Charioteers are was not the most prestigious job in the world. You know, it's above servant a bit, but not, you know. Um, and so he's playing the role of a servant to his devotees. And it's interesting in that much bigger work, the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is 18,000 verses, same time, the first time we see Krishna, he's driving Arjuna's chariot, he's serving his devotee. And, uh, and of all of Krishna, Krishna has all these different qualities, and what's considered his greatest quality is Bhaktivatsal, that, he, uh, that he's inclined to his devotees. This is We were watching a video of Indrajina Swami recently, and it was in, um, what was the city? Where the deities had been taken from Vrindavan. Jaipur. Jaipur. And they, for protection, because there was a war or something, right? And he had said that whenever he goes to Jaipur, he's always thinking, why would the deities never return to Vrindavan? Mm-hmm. You know, because they had just been taken there for protection. And he said that on this trip, he realized that it's because the devotees in Jayapur love the deities so yeah. much, and that Krishna is the controller of everything, except that his devotees. Except for his devotees. <laughs> That's right. And if you ever go to Jayapur, the temple there is just wonderful. Anyone been? The uh, Radha Govinda Mandir, Govindaji Temple. It's right next to the uh, King's Palace. Yeah, and it's very very nice devotional mood there. They have these beautiful songs that they sing and they it's famous for these ladus, these sweets. And so everyone buys them and then they all everyone you see the people who buy them, they're all giving them out to everybody else. It's a very nice mood. So yeah, Krishna's stuck. He can't leave because his devotee he's he's controlled by love. So that's the original deity uh, from Madan? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also the original Madan Mohan is in a place called Karoli, Holy Karoli. Um, and the same situation. What happened was the Mughals were uh, attacking Vrindavan, and to protect the uh, deities, they uh, they would sneak them out of Vrindavan. And Who so, was uh, Islam, people oh. practicing Islam. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, um, one went to Karoli, and then a few deities went to Jaipur. Radha Damodar also. Yeah. Regional Ramadan. They didn't bring them back. No, yeah, I mean, that's why because the devotees they got so attached to them, and then Krishna said, "Well, what can I do?" <laughs> so there's uh, yeah. well, there's plenty of the there's five thousand temples in Vrindavan. So. <laughs> 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 five thousand temples. There's there's seven major temples, or, um, but you know. Uh, Acha. Very good. Nice place, huh? I lived there for twenty one. Yes, just off the road by five kilometers. Yeah. I lived there for twenty one years. In the temple? Right behind the temple there, yeah. yeah. So the Radha Govind temple in Jaipur, it's not a part of this con? No. But it's a it's a lovely we have a temple. It's a little outside in the outskirts of town. Yeah. Shall we move on? I'm just saying. Oh my God, time-wise. 
uh, text 23. Let me see who have, uh, let me see those who have come to fight, wishing to please the evil-minded son of Dhritarashtra. Now, it's kind of funny, like, he's a big country, and he's, oh, let me see who's going to be out there. You know, it's, it's, something's up, something's up. Sanjaya said, oh, remember now, he's speaking to Dhritarashtra. Oh, descendant of Bharata, that's a name for Dhritarashtra. Having thus been addressed by Arjuna, Lord Krishna drew up the fine chariot in the midst of the armies of both parties. And then, this is very interesting. In the presence of Bhishma, Drona, and all the chieftains of the world, the Lord said, just behold, Parta, all the crews assembled here. So, if you look at the Sanskrit, it begins, uh, what is it? Bhishma, Drona, Pramukata. So, there's thousands, if not millions of people on the other team, on the other side, and he puts the chariot right in front of his guru and his grandfather. Mm. <laughs> he could have put it in front of anyone. <laughs> so he's, you know, Krishna's... <laughs> Krishna's stirring the pot here a little bit, right? He's stirring the pot. Yeah, we find there's one other person who stirs the pot. Anyone know who that is? Narada Muni? Yeah, yeah. So Krishna... Because Krishna's arranging... He's like a conductor. He's organizing, He's arranging all of this so that the Bhagavad Gita will be spoken. Mm. Right? Like we said last week, if you're, you're reading the Mahabharata, so you know all these names, right? There's all this intrigue. And then it's all leading up to this war. So you, everyone who's reading the Mahabharata, they're on the edge of their seat. Mm. What's going to happen? Who's going to win? There's going to be a fight. And that's when Krishna teaches the Bhagavad Gita and all this philosophy. Like just when your ears are wide open. Mm. Yeah. So we don't have that we're coming into in the middle of the Mahabharata in one sense. Yes, the main the thing is that Krishna was magical in bringing the curiosity in Arjuna to see the army. Yes. That was the point where Krishna made a big magic. That's if right. Arjuna wouldn't have thought of think, like looking around or to have a look on the army. Yeah. Another day, another battle. Nothing <laughs> happened. Yeah, right. Very good. Yes. And there Arjuna could see within the midst of the armies of both parties, his fathers, grandfathers, teachers, maternal uncles, brothers, sons, grandsons, friends, and also his fathers, in-law, and well-wishers. Now you could say his fathers. What does that mean? Well, um, it's just like um, in India, you go and you, you know, you talk to somebody and say, oh, that's my brother, that's my brother. How many brothers do you have? You know, because cousins are considered brothers. Right, so similarly, someone who's a friend of your father could be, can, yeah, yeah, there's, and of course there's different names in Hindi for each different relationship, right? So that's, uh, you know, so for us who may not be familiar, what, fathers? How many fathers, you know? <laughs> Plural? <laughs> right, so that's the idea behind it, fathers or people who are on that, of that generation and of that, you know, like that. But you can imagine that this is not easy for Arjuna, mm. right? Could you imagine if somebody said, oh, you, you know, go kill your guru? Mm. Uh, no, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, anyway, uh, we'll talk about all these things. When, when the son of Kunti, Arjuna, saw all these different grades of friends and relatives, he became overwhelmed with compassion and spoke thus. And now we're switching to the second part of the chapter. His, his, well, his his military guru. You see, you, you know, you can have like um, 
you, there's, there's different gurus. You, just like even we say you have a diksha guru, there's someone who gives you beads and your name and things like that. But shiksha guru can be more prominent in your life. That's a person who gives you instructions. And then the Vartma Pradakshana Guru is one who shows you, the first person who kind of shows you the path. Right? Um, like that. So mine was a guy named Bernie DeAngelis. <laughs> I, was, I was working in a law firm um, after school. I was in high school. I was uh, working in a law firm. My, my mother's law firm. And Bernie was a devotee. Uh, I don't know where. I've always been trying to find him, but I don't know where he is anymore. And he told me about Krishna, so it was funny. So you can also have math gurus, and you know, um, so a guru can be kind of a broad thing. So he was a military guru. Taught them the military arts. Okay, so Arjuna is going to say, "No way, Jose! I am mean, no way, Krishna! <laughs> I am not going to fight." Arjuna said, "My my dear." Uh, Krishna, seeing my friends and relatives present before me in such a fighting spirit, I feel the limbs of my body quivering and my mouth drying up. Um, let me just see if I... Okay. So, so uh, as I said before, Arjuna is describing now his reasons for desiring not to fight. And ultimately, Krishna is going to reject them all. And like I said, they're good, solid reasons. But Krishna's take, you know, he's they're based on moral principles in Krishna. But the Bhagavad Gita is is a step above things. It's about transcendence. It's a spiritual book. So here's some. I'll just go over the a little overview of the six reasons he gives. One is compassion. That Arjuna had deep compassion um, for his loved ones. Another one was a little less. Um, uh, noble, and I was about enjoyment. That uh, all the people that I want to show my kingdom off to are all going to be dead. You know, <laughs> just like the other day, I, I was uh, driving from Vrindavan to Delhi, and when we reached the outskirts of Delhi, on the left on the left side, um, there's a car dealerships, and you know, obviously some wealthy people in there because there's a couple of car dealerships. One was Lamborghini, one was Ferrari, and one was Porsche. And uh, I know the roads in India. I've been all over India. And there's absolutely useless to have a Ferrari in India. Totally useless. Because there's potholes everywhere, there's diversions everywhere. And I know a little bit, I have a friend who has a Ferrari. I know, you know, one little thing and it's a three thousand dollar flat tire because they have to lift the whole body you know so it's it's ridiculous to have a lamborghini or a ferrari anywhere i mean maybe if you're just riding on the highway from mumbai to pune or from Ahmedabad to um baroda there's a few reasonably good highways but even those i'm sure by now will probably have potholes and stuff so the only reason you would have a car like that is to show off <laughs> to other people I mean, those, you know, okay, Land, Land Ro uh, Rover, I can understand, or Range Rover, you know, because that, 
you know, it's an SUV, and, but a Ferrari? I heard that in India, the Lamborghinis, uh, they make them a little, like a few inches higher than they Oh, they do? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. They should make like a foot higher, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're right. It is but it, it's just, you, you know, but you get it, obviously, you, you know, you want to show off, uh, you know, to uh, to your friends, right? So so that was one of Arjuna's arguments. Not about Lamborghinis, but, you know. Uh, destruction of the family, that um, that the, the Kshatriyas, the warriors, or the administrators, they're not just warriors, but administrators, they, just like even today, ideally, um, government maintains the peace, you know, to some extent, at least, right? And so if you lose, if they're all going to be killing each other, in the, what's going to happen to... Um, and when the, and so then, um, if irreligious, so if there's no country is to kind of control things, then men become corrupted. And what are the first thing men become corrupted? They take advantage of women. Just like we're seeing in the newspapers all over the place today. Um, so the whole tradition, the Vedic tradition of a sound society, this is a good argument. It just wasn't based on the soul. All these were, you know, based on, you know, and, our, and Krishna's going to take this to a higher level, especially starting in chapter 2. Um, he was fearful of sinful reactions. Uh, in Sanskrit, it's called pop or papa, right? You know, sins. I'm going to kill these people. I'm going to get sinful reactions for that. And the last one, which we learn more about in the second chapter, is indecision. He wasn't sure, well, well what should I do? So... Um, here, Prabhupada glorifies the soft-heartedness of a devotee. Um, and then the next verse, he, he takes it from a different angle where he talks about how he was in a material bodily concept of life. My whole body is trembling, my hair is standing on end, and my bow Gandiva is slipping from my hand, and my skin is burning. I am now unable to stand here any longer. I am forgetting myself, and my mind is reeling. I see only cause of misfortune, O Krishna, killer of the Keshi demon. And at the last part of the purport, Srila Prabhupada writes, everyone is interested in himself and his own welfare. And remember we said that although he's saying himself, we, we, we extended that, your family, your your whatever, you know, your sports team, your country. But it's still us versus them. And we learn in Krishna consciousness that ultimately a devotee works on avoiding this whole duality of friends and enemies. Right? And rather tries to be a friend of all living entities. That doesn't mean that we don't make some intelligent distinctions. Right? Just like you respect everyone but you don't go embracing a tiger you know you, you know they're, they're, you use your intelligence you know you can respect the tiger but best from a distance <laughs> right yeah um but this but if you think about how our mind works um it very much will and we'll talk about this a lot more in the sixth chapter but it very much works on this sankalpa vikalpa in sanskrit which means accepting and rejecting. You, you, you're constantly, oh, I like that, don't like that. I like this, don't like that. You know, um, and and a whole day pretty much is often spent trying to accept things that will 
give us some pleasure and avoid the things and the people and the whatever that that doesn't. And that, so the mind has this uh, uh, binary. It's like, like in computers, um, right? The, the computer is a just it's, it's just a function of zero and ones, right? Like that's all a computer is. You're not in the computer. Oh, no. no wonder you're so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone here? Uh, I am. Right? I mean, it's 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 a very very complicated okay. binary function zero. So the mind is very much uh, like that. Um, it accepts and rejects. Um, so, one practice for us as aspiring devotees is try to transcend that accepting and rejecting, and to see it as just the workings of the mind. And to put on a different, what we're trying to do in these 20 lessons is we're trying to put on a different pair of glasses. We're trying to put on Shastra Chakshus, trying to see through the eyes of the Gita. Shastra means scriptures, or in this case, the Gita. So we're getting a new way of looking at things. Here. So everyone's uh, self, and no one is interested in the Supreme Self. Arjuna <coughs> is showing ignorance of his real self-interest by Krishna's will. That was... Um, uh, your point, Jay, that uh, you know, this Krishna's arranging this. One's real self-interest lies in Vishnu or Krishna. The conditioned soul forgets this and therefore suffers material pains. Arjuna thought that his victory in the battle would only be the cause of lamentation for him. Um, then he's then this is point about you know no one to enjoy with. I do not see how any good can come from killing my own kinsmen in the battle, nor can I, my dear Krishna desire any subsequent victory, kingdom, or happiness. He thinks, uh, Prabhupada writes in the purport, he thinks that killing his kinsmen there would, uh, there would, no, he thinks that by killing his kinsmen there would be no happiness in his life, and therefore he is not willing to fight. <coughs> Just as a person who does not feel hunger is not inclined to cook. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, if you know, if you, you you ever like not have an appetite, so even like the best looking pizza, <laughs> there's no traction. If there's no digestion, it happens a lot when we go to India sometimes. Then uh, right, there's no uh, <laughs> no interest. In it. Yeah. Ogovinda, that's a name for Krishna. Of what avail to us are a kingdom, happiness, or even life itself, when all those for whom we may desire them are now arrayed on this battlefield? O Madhusudana. There's all, um, again, we, these different names for Krishna, he's choosing them carefully because they have meanings. When teachers, fathers, sons, grandfathers, maternal uncles, fathers-in-law, grandsons, mother, brothers-in-law, and other relatives are ready to give up their lives and properties, and are standing before me, why should I wish to kill them, even though they might otherwise kill me? O maintainer of all living entities, I am not prepared to fight with them, even in exchange for the three worlds, let alone this earth. What pleasure, see, he wants pleasure, will we derive from killing the sons of Dhritarashtra? And here's that point in the purport where he writes, everyone wants to show his opulence to friends and relatives, but Arjuna fears that all his relatives and friends will be killed on the battlefield, and he will be unable to share his opulence after victory. This is a typical calculation of material life. 
The transcendental life, however, is different. Since a devotee wants to satisfy the desires of the Lord, he can, Lord willing, accept all kinds of opulence for the service of the Lord, and if the Lord is not willing, he should not accept a farthing. So, although this is not the American dream, um, the idea is that some devotees of Krishna, of God, are very opulent, and some are very poor, and it would be very hard to know who's happier. Right? Like, I have a a friend uh, who uh, is, I won't, uh, he's very, very, very wealthy. I mean, like, crazy wealthy. Okay. And he said that uh, it's, you know, he didn't, he didn't give away all his money, but he has said that there's, there's some real downsides. There's some real curses in it. And the biggest one he finds is you don't really know who your real friends are because everyone's trying to buddy-buddy up to you, you know. Um, but for what reason? Right? And so, um, you know, uh, and it's interesting because uh, his, uh, his daughter, when she was, uh, um, he comes from a, a, fam- a well-known family, and when his daughter was associating with the gentleman that eventually she married, uh, she didn't tell this person her real last name or her, you know, financial situation until <laughs> they were uh, dating for four months. Because <laughs> wow. she didn't want, again, him to be interested in her for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, so it's it's not an easy thing to do because, of course, we all you know need dates. We all need. Um, basic necessities, you know, a roof over our head and clothing and food and things like that. Um, but a devotee ultimately is in that surrendered mood that, uh, you know, let's see what Krishna arranges. Um, and for them, for their own needs, they can, you know, live uh, simply. Simple living and high thinking. Is uh, Actually, it came from Gandhiji originally, that, that saying, and Prabhupada adopted that, he liked that. Simple living and high thinking. And we should, rather than high living, simply thinking. <laughs> that we, we don't want, right? Um, but, but this is taking it even to a higher level, that, um, that, that the devotee leaves it up to Krishna. And then we have our karma, you know, going on. You know. Um, it doesn't mean that we don't uh, aspire for so. I'd like to have enough money so that I can retire and not work anymore and chant and, and try to teach Bhagavad Gita and things like that and not have to worry about finances. You know. So that, that does take some financial planning. So again, you know, uh, I had a professor once said, it's okay to have your head in the clouds as long as your feet are on the ground. Right? So we, we hear this philosophy, we're going to be studying so much philosophy, and that's what we should start from. And then how to apply that is the practical. We don't want to do it the other way around. Think practical first, and then oh yeah, there's a little philosophy up there. But to have the philosophy, and then to see how to. Srila Prabhupada was a very practical person. Very practical. When his uh, Western devoted disciples were doing construction projects in India, he just couldn't stand it because he knew they were getting cheated left, right, and center. 
you know, people say it's cement and it's mixed with sand from the Jamuna, you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, and so he would, you know, he would, he would chastise them and then find out who the contractor was, and, you know, you know. But, but he, you know, so Phil's philosophy, and then how to apply it in practical life. Otherwise, it, what is we actually heard this morning in the class that what is philosophy is useless if it's not practical. Supposed to have a practical applications. Yeah. So here's a practical, you know. So we we do depend on Krishna. We leave things up to Krishna, but that doesn't mean we just say, okay, so Krishna, I'm going to leave it up to you. I'm just going to sit here and twiddle my thumbs and uh, hope you uh, pay the rent next month. <coughs> you know, that's not it. But what Krishna does say in the eighth chapter of the Gita, and we'll study this is Tasmat Sarveshu Kaleshu. Then he says, Mam Anusmara Yudhya Yudya means to fight, but because that's Arjuna's duty. But we all have different duties, different jobs and things, right? But Krishna says, Mama Nuspa, remember me, and then do your duty. Prabhupada writes, a little later, as a natural devotee of the Lord, Arjuna did not like to retaliate against the miscreant cousins and brothers, but it was the Lord's plan that they should be killed. The devotee of the Lord does not retaliate against and against the wrongdoer. But the Lord does not tolerate any mischievous done to the devotee of the miscreant. So that's this is an interesting relationship between us and Krishna as we become devotees. That for ourselves, you know, somebody says, uh, you know, Brajvihari, you're a jerk. Okay. Well, you're right. <laughs> Tell me something I don't already know. <laughs> you know, right? Um, but if a devotee hears something said against another devotee or against Krishna, they get very upset. Similarly, Krishna, um, he can tolerate people saying stuff about him. But if they do something against his devotee, he gets very upset. You know? Um, yeah. That's like a big brother and sister kind of thing, like a sibling kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like siblings can pick on each other, but if like an outsider picks on the sibling, then they're ready to yeah, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and how are we doing time-wise? One minute. Okay. We're doing okay. Um, sin, so now he's concerned, remember, sinful reactions is one, one of his concerns. Sin will overcome us if we slay such aggressors. By the way, I can see that your son's a little bored. We have some really good programs for kids his age on Sundays and, and friends that he might, you know, enjoy just to let you know. And, you know, uh, we start at uh, 12.30. Yeah, the, pro- the kids' program starts at 1 now, yeah. Yeah, but they, like, you know, they hang out, and they, you know, they get along with each other. Yeah, they hang out. They're, they're good kids also. Thank you for coming. So here's that concern about sinful reactions. Sin will overcome us if we slay such aggressors. Therefore, it is not proper for us to kill the sons of Dhritarashtra and our friends. What should we gain, O Krishna, husband of the goddess of fortune? And how could we be happy? There he is again. He's worried about his happiness. <laughs> By killing our own kinsmen. Now, you know, um, and then in the purport, there's this discussion about uh, six kind of aggressors. Now, it's 
this is a general statement. It seems to say, but actually, if you know the Mahabharata, all six of these things happened to the Pandavas. They were administered poison. They were their house was set fire. All this. So it has a specific reference. Um, so, so it says such kill. You know, common people. Yeah, you know, the whole thing about uh, the Second Amendment, right, and uh, the right to bear arms. And you know, we. I for me, I'm a city dweller. I'm from New York. I haven't touched a gun in my life, but. Um, I've, I've worked recently in Louisiana and everyone's got guns. You know, the, the person I was talking to, he had 10. And he just grew up shooting guns. Like he said the first time he shot a gun was seven years old. So, you know. so, it's, so it says here, such aggression is quite befitting of an ordinary man, but Arjuna was not an ordinary. He was saintly by character and therefore he wanted to deal with them in saintliness. Mm. That kind of saintliness, however, is not for a chatriya, you know, and and we know this, although um, I, I kind of felt bad because I knew we were leaving the, the uh, this class kind of um, we just we still haven't heard the Krishna's, what he's going to tell Arjuna you know, so I hope he did, so don't go away like, oh my god, what's going on here <laughs> at the end of this uh, first class because things get clarified uh, next coming attractions um, but it's interesting because Krishna mentions the word ahimsa uh, seven times in the Bhagavad Gita that means non-violence and shanti which means peace nine times so we'll, we'll be reconciling that later on but we do know as much as you know maybe all of us are peace loving people and all that we do know that you do need force sometimes you, you need you, you know whether you like it or not you need a police you need policemen Right? And even a small country needs some kind of military. Mm-hmm. May not need, you know, what, 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 uh, what America, what you know, President Trump is proposing. You know, we won't get into that discussion, but you know, you need some protection. You need some protection. Not everyone listens to reason. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just uh, a reality of life. Okay, should we move on? Mm-hmm. O Janard, although these men, their hearts overtaken by greed, see no fault in killing one's family or quarreling with friends, why should we, who can see the crime of destroying family, engage in these acts of sin? Like I said, these are good arguments. He's saying, yeah, they don't know better, but we know better. So why, you know, why do you want me to do this? Come on. With the destruction of the dynasty, the eternal family, now he's talking about families, right? The eternal family tradition is vanquished, and thus the rest of the family becomes involved in irreligion. So families are very, uh, in the Vedic tradition, you still see remnants of this in India. The family system is very important. You know, you, t- you, you know I mean, of course, it's true also in America, but in, in, in India, you tell somebody your last name and they can figure out a lot about you. Right? You're, if you're an Agarwal, if you're a Gupta, if you're a Chaturvedi, you're a tree baby, right? Uh, in America, not so much, but especially like like if you're Shapiro or Goldberg, you know, or Weinstein, you know that guy's probably got a lot of me. I mean, he's Jewish. Uh, <laughs> I can I can make fun about my own uh, my own uh, culture, <laughs> right? Um, and of course, if someone is of Islamic faith, you know, those last names are a dead giveaway. 
Um, other names are a little, America's not, there's a lot of names you wouldn't really know just by name. Right? Um, um, but anyway, family tradition, very important. And in most, in most Hindu families you'll see in India, people uh, will have, uh, let's say their parents have expired, uh, they're no longer, they'll have, you know, large, not just a little, but they'll have large pictures on the wall, right, of their, you know, the family traditions. When irreligion is prominent in the family, O Krishna, the women of the family become polluted, and from the degradation of women, hood becomes unwanted progeny. So again, this is, you know, this is like, you know, you can read the front page of the New York Times today, right? That, you know, people aren't pious, and what do they do? First thing they do is they start uh, mistreating women. And, you know, not the first thing, but, you know, it's just, who knows what this is going to stop, because, you know, all we're hearing about is the famous people. Right, mm-hmm. um, and I deal with um, um, sexual harassment and sexual assault, especially in the National Park Service in my job, and that's been highlighted in a lot of art, newspaper articles and things. It's quite prominent. National Park Service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been very bad. Um, <laughs> it's difficult because people they go on these. Sometimes you'll you'll have like a, you know, women scientists going down the Colorado River, and they'll go on like a two week. journey. there's no bathrooms or anything, and the Usually the, the Roman, the guy in charge of the boat, is a man. And there's been really bad things going on there. And, and also, just in general, Park Service and um, uh, Fish and Wildlife Service, they um, they have these small outposts of four or five, six people, and it's just breeding grounds for all kinds of trouble. Um, and what's, what's said here is... Um, there's a system in Vedic culture or in Krishna consciousness even that um, the consciousness of the uh, men and women at the time of conception attracts a certain kind of soul. Um, and so here, unwanted progeny, when, when, when people are just having um, sexual relationships for the fun of it and no idea of trying to bring a pious soul into the world, well, you know, you don't know what, <laughs> it's a roll of the dice, so to speak. Um, uh, so actually, in, in, in for ISKCON, for, for people who have taken, <coughs> taken vows, um, uh, Srila Prabhupada actually told us to chant extra japa before uh, conceiving a child, and uh, trying to conceive a child. And it's, it's, it's quite a, you know, um, not that we're going to have a whole discussion about sex here, but it's quite an interesting experience because the, uh, it, it takes on a whole, like, almost spiritual um, dynamic mm. of uh, trying to bring a, uh, a good soul into the world and, and praying to Krishna. Can I say uh, yeah? So, uh, one, another perspective to this would be that because dharma uh, is something like a guide for the family. Right. Correct. Because she drives the family right. by feeding most of the time, by thinking and all these things. The hand that so, uh, rocks the cradle rules the world. Yeah. So <laughs> when the woman of the family is polluted, it means like if she think, start thinking in a wrong way because right. of the adharma, then that leads to the wrong uh, thinking son or daughter. Exactly. So this could be the so, another perspective. No, it's, it's the same, I think. I think it's... The part of yeah. 
Yes, and it comes up in the next verse. Let's go on to that. In an increase of unwanted population certainly causes hellish life both for the family and for those who destroy the family tradition. The ancestors of such corrupt families fall down because the performance for offering them food and water are entirely stopped. So um, I don't know if, how much everyone's familiar with um, the idea of shrad. Um, but uh, this is, uh, so the idea is that if uh, one off makes some, performs some rituals, we'll just leave it at that, for uh, deceased people, you can benefit them. Because they're the soul, they're not the body, right? So they're still living somewhere. Um, uh, but we're going to find out in later in, in Gita that such things are on this level, and Krishna wants us to come up to this level. Yeah, and so it's even said on this level that when one becomes a great devotee of God, then so many generations of families uh, get spiritual advancement due to that, mm. both forward and backwards. You still with us, Marisol? Yeah. Yes, I'm here. Okay, yeah. It sounds like you're having lunch. Okay. <laughs> we just heard some shifting around and stuff. <laughs> okay, no, I, I was on mute actually. Okay, no problem. There may be others on, on uh, line also, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, by the evil deeds of those who destroy the family tradition and thus give rise to unwanted children, all kinds of community projects and family welfare activities are devastated. So, um, yeah, there's a culture, and he's afraid that the culture is going to be ruined. Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, <clears throat> culture has changed so much in America, even, so I'm 59 years old. Um, well, just like a simple thing, right, that... Before, didn't we mention this last week? Before Watergate, 1973. Sorry. Um, <coughs> no, 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 nobody ever openly, no journalist would openly criticize president. Mm. A lot of journalists knew Kennedy. We had so many girlfriends, mm. and, and you know, and, and so many, you know, Marilyn Monroe, so many. Mm. But there was a the respect for the office, and. Mm. Uh, you know, it was just, that was the culture. And then these two guys, Woodward and Bernstein, I think they were right, the, the, well, the, the um, investigators for Washington Post, they blew open this whole <laughs> stupid thing that, pres that then President Nixon. And so then, you know, investigative journalism was born. And, and now, you know, like, you know, I mean, God, Right, it's it's an all-out war, right? Yeah. You know, late night uh, late night comedians they make their money by criticizing, uh, you know, <laughs> politicians and things like that. It's just openly. So that's just think, one example of culture that's 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 changed so much, you know. Or um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, even well, yeah, even in America, you know, you wouldn't. TV shows in the 50s and 60s wouldn't have even husband and wife kissing. They had two single uh, beds, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I remember mom saying like when it was exciting, like suddenly they had a queen bed in one of the shows, and it was like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. Really. Like no one was in the bed. There just was this, a bed. Yeah, it was So things, you know, have changed even for us. So, um, you know, and and you see again in India because when I moved there in the eighties. Things were still relatively intact, but what really changed in India was the, the internet and uh, and cable television. Mm-hmm. People started learning all about, you know, I mean, getting shows from the West and you know, Baywatch and all this stuff, and then, you know, it just became, uh, uh, you know, we all became totally <laughs> bewildered. <laughs> yeah. So cultures can, you know, so so again, I'm, I'm bringing this up to just say. That Arjuna is not saying stupid things. Mm-hmm. He's a smart guy. He's a really smart person, mm-hmm. super smart, and he's and he's speaking really good things. And Krishna's still going to go bad, you know, in the next chapter because he's going to bring it up to another level. So it seems like uh, what Arjuna is saying, Lord Rama would perfectly sign on. <laughs> he might, to some extent. But Arjuna, but Lord Ram and Krishna are, you know, they're both the supreme personality of God. They, they, they do. You're right. They had different uh, uh, leelas, right? Um, and because uh, Ram was the perfect chatriya, yes. But still, he might get him on being in the bodily concept of life. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, okay. O Krishna, maintainer of the people, I have heard by the siblic succession that those uh, whose family traditions are destroyed dwell always in hell. So this is, interesting point here is that this is how you learn things through hearing. You know, Srila uh, Prabhupada would talk about how some people, they only learn by experience. Well, actually, some people have experiences and still they don't learn. Right. <laughs> they're saying they're having point of but that's not true. But, but you know that we do. Let's face it, right? It's true. You know we're we're not we're not we're not the brightest uh, sparks in the world. You know? But then the next level person uh, has an experience, and they learn from that experience. You know, the kid, the child touches the flame once, gets burnt. Okay, stays away, right? Um, um, but the the smartest person is they hear from authorities and they learn without having to experience it themselves. Mm. Right? Mm. Yeah. right? Like, let's say if somebody was really inclined to, um, they, they had that, the samskars, which means like the mental impressions and the piety, to not get married. Right? So they don't have to get married to experience all the things in the scriptures that say about how difficult household life is. Being this, okay, <laughs> I think I'm going to remain brahmacharya, <laughs> remain unmarried. <laughs> no, like that. Um, or we don't have to. Um, we don't have to um, experience how addictive opiates are. Mm-hmm. Right to just say, okay, don't think I want to go there. No, right, like that. You just read about it. That you know, that's so. That's an example, right? Hearing about something and then not having to experience it. Yeah. 
Um, so he heard, so he, so he's making a good point. He said, "I've heard him from from disciplic succession," but it wasn't necessarily the spiritual disciplic. There's different disciplic successions. And oh, here, Arjuna bases his argument not on his own personal experience, but on what he has heard from authorities. That is a way of receiving real knowledge. And what to speak of knowledge of the spiritual world? Right? How are you gonna? There's only, you know, there's ascending and there's descending, right? Knowledge. Now, ascending, of course, is, is very, um, it's, it's what people consider basically the main way to, well, no, no, that's not fair. But ascending knowledge is, um, is, is important in, in, in this world, right? That, uh, you know, how do you come up with a, a cure for a disease? Right. Um, well, maybe there's something in the in the uh, in the shastra about that, but otherwise, um, you know, you try you try this, you try that, and different things. You just do experiment, unfortunately, on animals or whatever. You know, mm. you know. Um, but that that, for example, uh, the shastra talks about Krishna um, plays a flute, and he has a peacock feather in his head. Right. So how are you gonna? Why not a trombone? Or a clarinet, <laughs> and why not an ostrich feather, right? So this is coming from realized souls in disciplic succession descents, right? So um, spiritual knowledge generally is descends. Otherwise, we we, we try to speculate. You know, well, you know, it, it becomes like you know the, the example that's given of the blind people that are touching the different parts of the elephant. Right, you touch the leg; it looks like a tree. The elephant's like a tree. You know, touch the ear, and you know, it's another thing, and you know, like that. So, spiritual knowledge descends. So that's what he was trying to say here. That that's a way of receiving real knowledge. You know, then the trick is, you have to get that descending knowledge from the right source. It has to be good knowledge. Right. Yeah. Okay, um, let's carry on. It's just two more verses, or three more. Alas, how strange it is that we are prepared to commit greatly sinful acts, driven by the desire to enjoy royal happiness. <coughs> we are intent on killing our own kinsmen. And then he says, Better for me if the sons of Dhritarashtra, weapons in hand, were to kill me unarmed and unresisting on the battlefield. Sanjaya said, Arjuna, having spoken thus on the battlefield, cast aside his bow and arrows and sat down on the chariot, his mind overwhelmed with grief. And I'll just, uh, since time is up, uh, Prabhupada writes the last sentence, such a kind and soft-hearted person in the devotional service of the Lord is fit to receive self-knowledge. So he's going to get knowledge in the next chapter. But this is, we can't, on 45... To know the background, we would know how significant this is. That he says, better I get killed unarmed or un, un, you know, Kshatriyas were trained from birth to fight. And they had a, um, Kshatriyas never were supposed to go off into the forest and, you know, meditate and, you know, or be cowardice. You know, there's a, there's a story, I forget the person, the name, but, uh, so this one king, he rides off to, into the battle. And 
he ends up um, getting a little overwhelmed by the enemy and comes back to his kingdom. And he comes to the fort, and uh, the gate's locked. And his wife is down up there and saying, uh, uh, and he's saying, you know, he's like saying, honey, uh, can you open the gate? <laughs> and she says, who are you? <laughs> and he said, I'm your husband. And she said, well, you can't be my husband because, um, because I, did you kill the enemy? No, no, I didn't kill the enemy. Um, well, you can't be my husband because my husband's a Chatria and he would either kill the enemy or die on the battlefield. There's no third choice. So you can't, you, so you can't, I'm not letting you in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the, it, the call just failed just now. Yeah, they made it to the end. Yeah. <laughs> they probably think you just didn't say bye. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I know we're a little like, okay, so what's going to happen? We have all these good arguments. Why is Krishna going to tell him to fight? Um, so, that didn't work. Anyway, I think she'll be okay. Um, so, the homework assignment for next week is read the first 39 verses. And it's very, it's very, um, uh, so the, just to give you a little overview quickly, the first ten verses, well, the first few, few verses still is Arjuna giving one more reason not to fight. He's uncertain. And then Krishna, then Arjuna says, listen, you know what? I'm totally confused. Now I'm your disciple. Please instruct me. And Krishna instructs him. And from verse 11 to verse 30 is the um, the basis of any good culture. The you know, difference between the body and the soul. But then it's very interesting. Verse 31 to 38. Yeah, just read the 38, actually. Um, after Krishna talks on this level about the soul, he goes down some notches and says, well, if you think you're your body and you think you're in a Kutriya, you should still fight. So he's kind of checkmating him from different positions. So... But the but the um, the verses eleven to thirty, the difference between the body and the soul, Krishna doesn't repeat it ever again in the Gita because it's just supposed to be the <coughs> the pratishtha, the basis of all knowledge. Okay, and the second chapter is called it's, it's like a table of contents. It covers a whole bunch of different stuff. So the la last question though, next week is the Saturday of you know Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend. So should we meet or is everyone you know dispersed I'm in different places? Long Island, that's where I was born. Actually, Holy my, my brother's uh, wife, she's Jewish. Oh, no wonder he's so happy. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you can still call in, we'll, we'll have a better system. Oh, but, okay. Uh, but should, uh, I mean, uh, are you, can you come next weekend? Um, can you? I'm here. I mean, here? we live here, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah? It works for you? Yeah. Okay, so we'll have it, and then if anyone, uh, but we'll we'll figure we'll figure out the. Um, Send me a number. I can call. In. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll figure out the call in. Uh, we may. This is so nice here, but uh, we may. I mean, if there's a better place. We may be able to use our front room there. Yeah, we, that's true. If we clean yeah. it up. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Okay, but and we'll send you. And the, the Zoom. I mean, I really like Zoom. Uh, I can turn this off. Now. Better connection.